Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm actually joined by Maddie D. That's right, I'm here, Kieran snapped his fingers and I've been brought back into the studio. Yeah. And on that note, because I've got to say a spoiler, Kieran, Tony Stark built this in a cave! With a box of scraps! That's the third time you've done that one now. And I'm going to keep doing it when they keep releasing Marvel movies. I think that's fair. fair. enough. I think I'm with you there. But if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to this show. This show of all shows, because that is a spoiler. It certainly is, because what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster, and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. And when the movie comes out, we go and watch it and see how close we got to predicting the plot. That's it. And this week, get excited. Get excited, everybody. I know I'm excited. <laughs> I am legitimately excited. Because we're returning yet again to the Marvel well. It feels like we're only just trapped down that well with, uh, what was it? Shang-Chi? Yep. Someone needs to throw a rope for us yeah. to get out of that well. But <laughs> Disney's when- standing at the top going, it rubs the Marvel on its skin. <laughs> Or else it gets Black Widow again. We may as well enjoy being there because I think we're going to be there for a while. Yeah, we've got quite a few movies still coming in our near future. And this week, we're talking about, I suppose, is this this a big Marvel movie? Lots of people are hyping it up as though it's a big Marvel movie, though I don't really personally understand as the non-superhero fan why people are excited for this movie. It's not a big franchise. It's not a popular comic or series of characters. So in that sense, no. But I feel like the machine's really getting behind this one to make it a big epic movie. So, right. Yes. Right. And the movie, by the way, we still haven't said the title, is Eternals. I've been incorrectly calling it The Eternals for about maybe a year and a half. But yeah, it's actually just Eternals. We forgive you, Kieran. On behalf of the Marvel fan base, (laughs) we forgive you. If you're not familiar with the Eternals, they're, of course, uh, a Marvel comic book team. They first appeared in, believe it or not, the Eternals issue one. And I believe they are some sort of immortal beings created by some gods called the Celestials. And they were created to fight a team of villains who who threaten the Earth called the Deviants. Am I correct at all, Matty? Yeah, D? yeah. This is a Jack Kirby creation and it right. was a short comic series that never actually got finished at the time of its creation. Yeah, it's essentially Celestials who are these omnipotent beings. Actually, we saw one mm-hmm. in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, really? The, the planet character, the big bad guy is a Celestial, technically. Really? Ego? Yes. Oh, there you go. I had no idea. So, they're like these omnipotent beings. They created the Eternals, brought them to Earth, and through experimentation created these monstrosity figures that cause a lot of chaos. So they're the deviants. The deviants, yes. Right. Do you know much about the Eternals at all, Matty D, as the, I suppose, the comic book guy, the resident expert over here? Not really. I I did a little bit of research for the show before this movie was announced. I never heard them before. Right. But, um, yeah. (laughs) As is standard, I suppose, with these comic book movies, I'm coming in with the knowledge of the average film goer. Mm. So I'm going in not as like the big comic book fan or someone who's done research for a podcast. I'm just going in with the same expectation and knowledge as someone who's maybe watched one or two trailers mm. and not knowing anything about the characters. So the characters are going to have to be introduced to me for the first time on the big screen or through the promotional material, which I think <laughs> they've got an incredibly difficult task ahead of them because there are 10 main characters or presumably 10 main Eternals so many. in this movie, which yeah. is about five too many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and to your point of not knowing anything about the, the franchise or the characters, characters before going into the movie. I feel like this is a movie that they're going to they're already changing a lot of stuff from yes, the comics. Yes, that's right. We can talk about it. So, 
I think that's the way to go into this movie anyway. Now, interestingly enough, quite like Shang-Chi before it, this movie has already been banned in China. I wonder why. Do you know why, Matty D? Uh, first openly gay superhero. Yeah, we'll talk about that too, but um, that's actually not the reason. First Korean lead superhero. Yeah, no? also not the reason. Wonder what else? Do they not like Angelina Jolie? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> What's the reason? So, the reason is that director Chloe Zhao actually made a few comments about living in China as a child, and they weren't particularly positive. So, oh. China was just like, mm, she's going to put like anti-CCP messages into this movie. So, we can't, we can't let our audience, we can't let our people watch that kind of stuff and consume it. So, nope, no Marvel movie for you guys. <laughs> Marvel's really having a hard time with China at the moment. Yes, they certainly are. <laughs> that's, and that's a big market for them. Yes, yeah. Well, I guess they're not making billions at the box office anymore. And even with COVID, I think they're just sort of happy making millions. So I think if they get close to making their budget back, then they're pretty happy these days. Because as we discussed before, when Shang-Chi made $70 million, they're like, that's a huge success. But then when Black Widow made the same amount, they're like, "Eh, not too happy (laughs) about this one. So I suppose we've all got to reset our expectations when it comes to paydays and Marvel movies. Now, another thing I read was that Harry Styles is actually rumoured to be in this movie. Oh, I haven't heard that. Uh, It was all over the internet. I couldn't believe it. It, I don't even know where it started. I just think some random person might have suggested. And here's the funny thing about it. I have read no evidence that he's actually in the movie. Marvel has never actually confirmed that he's been cast at all. But Harry Styles himself has not denied that he isn't in the movie. (laughs) Maybe he is. I don't know. I've not seen or read anything to say that he will be. Maybe somebody saw Kit Harington and thought it was Harry Styles. That was my thought. I personally don't think, okay, this is an early prediction, you can agree or disagree with me, but I personally don't think that Harry Styles is going to be in this goddamn movie. No, I'll eat my hat if Harry Styles is in this movie, I don't think he's going to be there. There we go. So we may be eating hats in the future, but yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident that, yeah, he's not going to be in the movie. And another thing as well that I noted while doing research for this movie was that people are already review bombing it. Now, I know when you're thinking review bombing, that's like when people come in and give the movie like a deliberately low score in the hopes that, you know, it they, hurts its box office. Are they doing the opposite? It's the opposite. They're going in. Marvel fans are going in before the movie has come out and then giving it a five star score just to make it look like it's, you know, it's it's really popular without actually having seen the movie. A lot of people are like, I'm really excited for this movie, five stars. So, what you're saying is, is that they're going in and they're giving them top reviews just because it's like a Marvel movie. Yeah. So if we say good things about Marvel on this show, then they're going to jump in and give us good reviews. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it quite works that way, but I did actually pick out one review for you. If you oh, wanted, yeah, read if the you wanted to hear one of the quality reviews. This is typical Marvel though, right? They just, they, they're so pers- it's so personal to them. Yes, that's right. And these are the same people, mind you, and not Marvel, but the Marvel fans who go in and review bomb. These are the same people when a DC movie comes out, they go in and give it like one star review and say it's awful without even having seen the movie. or, Or the Irishman, they did the same thing with that. That's right. That's true. So let's read this review that I found. Amazing, wonderful. When Harry Styles and Oscar winning baby Yoda team up, it became such a beautiful movie. Then I actually got a big sad when Sherlock Holmes said, I hate you 3,000. <laughs> Such a great performance from the actors, especially Al Pacino as Scoreface. <laughs> then there was a kiss that was gay in the movie, and then the half of the theatre erupted with happiness, and then the other half was confused because there was no development to the gay characters. Also, if you're wondering, Tom Hanks played Batman in the movie. <laughs> Zero out of ten. And that was a five-star review. Did a bot write that? <laughs> it sounded like it. Anyway, let's get straight into talking about The Eternals. Yes. Typically... Maddie D and I will go away and we'll come up with our own plots individually for a movie like this, but you've joined us on an episode where we're actually teaming up to do this one together. Just like the Eternals will assemble in this movie, Maddie D and I are finally assembling. He's here in person in after person. months. And yeah, we decided to celebrate by 
doing this plot together. Which I'm very, very happy about. Me too, I've got to say. It's a completely different vibe doing it in person as opposed to like over the phone. We just had Maddie D call into the podcast each week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you couldn't tell. The pandemic certainly hurt our flow. Yeah. Well, we were still on top. Anyway, what do we know about Eternals so far? Well, we had a teaser trailer mm-hmm. initially, which didn't give a lot of information. It- no. You love that teaser trailer, oh, by the way. God. Kieran sent me the teaser trailer as soon as it came out. He's like, what is this garbage? Yeah. I was like, this is not the movie that I was expecting at all. But thankfully, since then, there's been a few other trailers come out. They've been doing the promotional rounds, talking about the characters, talking about what's happening. So essentially what we can figure out from the trailers is that the Eternals have been living on Earth. They've been living amongst humans for centuries, not getting involved in any major, you know, catastrophes or big snap mm. events or anything like that. Yeah. But something is happening. Thanos, what Thanos did to the universe has created what they're calling an, um, the emerging. Yeah, the emerging. Which we don't know what that is. And I've got a theory. I have some too. And the Eternals have to reunite. Join assemble. forces again, assemble, and fight whatever threat this is. We get sort of um, introduction to each of these characters and what each of these characters are. They all have different powers and personalities. Yep. Again, all, which we'll talk about. All come from different walks of life. But yeah, that's what we know about it. Other than that, there's not a lot of information. Yeah. Well, I actually have a synopsis from the official Marvel website, the official Eternals website for this movie. Did you just want to hear that? Yeah. Marvel Studios Eternals features an exciting new team of superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, an unexpected tragedy forces them out of the shadows to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy, the Deviants. Doesn't give us a lot of information, but it gives us a rough idea of what the main crux of the plot is going to be. Here's something we don't really discuss when we talk about these movie predictions. How long do you think this movie is going to be? Uh... And I do have an answer. I think it's going to be two hours, over two hours. Because uh, mm-hmm. t- the cast is massive. And a yeah. lot of it's going to be them meeting up and yeah, you know convincing each other to join the cause and quote unquote infighting. Yeah. But I think it's going to be two hours and 20 minutes. Oh, so close. It's actually two hours and 37 minutes. Oh, wow. Now, just for comparison, that's half an hour longer than both Shang-Chi and Black Widow. So I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be <laughs> clock watching for half an hour longer than usual. <laughs> Unless it's good. Unless it's good, you know, I'll, I'll be wrapped up in it the whole time. And it's a full hour longer than Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> a full hour longer. Wow. They've got so much more stuff to talk about. Yeah. So with that runtime in mind, I suppose that gives us an idea of what, you know, the content of the movie is going to be and how they're going to space it out. So you can have like an idea of, you know, first 30 minutes, second 30 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. next 40, so on and so forth. If you just follow the standard movie structure or even just the standard Marvel movie structure, it should be fairly obvious where the plot goes. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I hope so. I'm looking at you. I hope so. So let's talk about who's in this movie. And as is standard for our team up plots, we'll talk about what we think their character's impact is going to be in the movie. And because these are all characters that we've never seen on the big screen before, we'll talk a little bit about who they are and what their powers are at the same time. Because we're just not going to be able to fit it into, you know, it's going to be a three hour podcast. It's going to be a two hour and 37 minute podcast. <laughs> If we try and, you know, talk about the characters, the actors, and then, you know, try and do a plot summary on top of that. So, we're just going to incorporate what we think is going to happen with them in the movie, you know, as we discuss the actors. I think that's a- especially with this movie, I think this is a good way to attack it. Now, before I talk about any of the Eternals themselves, do you think any of the Eternals are going to die in this movie? Yes. You do? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, if there's one that's going to die, it's going to be Gilgamesh. Okay. I think that's a good theory. I tell you what, I'm actually going to agree with you on that one because, you know, one of the rules is we have to agree on all the plot points in our plot. So, I'm going to agree that Gilgamesh will be the only one to be killed off. But I'm sort of hesitant 
to sort of theorize that any of these Eternals are going to die because they're sort of setting them up to be mm. like a part of the Avengers lineup. Yeah. Or maybe they'll just kill off all the like less popular ones and then all the like the more popular surviving funny ones will be uh, <laughs> incorporated into the overall cinematic universe. Maybe. I could see Gilgamesh sort of sacrificing herself. She's the leader. She's bringing everyone together. She dies for the cause. That makes sense. Isn't I- Gilgamesh a guy? Gilgamesh is... Sorry, you're right. I'm thinking of Ajax. Gilgamesh is played by Don Lee, who is the Korean actor. But yeah, we'll talk about him in a sec. Ajax is who I'm thinking of. I hope not. We'll talk about it. Anyway, let's let's talk about... Let's go in order. Let's go in cast order. So, first of all, playing the character of Cersei is Gemma Chan. Now, we've actually seen Gemma Chan in a movie that we've covered before on this show because she played Minerva in Captain Marvel, our very first episode. Yes. We had no idea she was in the movie, but apparently she's playing a different character in the Marvel Universe in this one. Because you're allowed to do that now. Yeah. Apparently so. she was very brief in that movie too. Yeah, extremely brief. Blink and you miss it. So the character of Cersei is apparently an empathic eternal with a strong connections to humans and the earth who can apparently manipulate inanimate matter. Mm -hmm. And she was in love with Icarus for centuries and has a strong connection with Sprite. And she's currently in a relationship with Kit Harington's character. Yep, Dwayne Whitman. Who in the comics turns out to be Black Knight, another superhero. Really? Mm-hmm. There we go. Who maybe, wields a sword. So maybe the Green Knight. <laughs> that's we'll possible. About it. That's possible. And um, apparently she's working as a museum curator, mm. which is quite interesting because that's exactly what Wonder Woman does. <laughs> it's very Wonder Woman-esque, isn't it? And interestingly enough as well, in the comics, the character was Greek. So, and another connection to Wonder Woman. Did Wonder Woman just rip off this plot point from the Eternals comics? Well, I don't know, because Wonder Woman came first as a comic. Yeah. Don't remember if she was a museum curator. I don't think the, she was. In the original comics. I didn't think they thought about that too much. But yeah, looks like she's our lead, right? She's going to yeah. be the heart of the movie. Presumably. Uh, now, I've, I've heard them describe the Eternals. They separate them into different groups. They- yeah, we'll talk about that in a yeah, sec. Okay. I, I, I discovered that as well. Uh, now, next up, playing presumably our secondary lead, the character of Icarus is Richard Madden, who I've seen in both Rocket Man and 1917. I can't say I know him that well. Rob Stark, the King of the North. Really? Yes. I had no idea. Two Game of Thrones characters. Wow. And a Game of Thrones name, actually, if you count Cersei. <laughs> oh, well, there, there, there you go. I had no idea. I'm, I'm not a big Game of Thrones fan. I wouldn't even say I'm a Game of Thrones fan at all. I've never seen an episode. But anyway, so... Apparently, the character of Icarus, as we just learnt, he was in love with Cersei for centuries, and he's apparently one of the most powerful Eternals who can fly and project cosmic energy beams from his eyes. It sounds so familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's some sort of Superman yeah. of sorts, I mm. suppose you'd say. Uh, and apparently, he's more disconnected to human life due to his immortality. Yeah. So, he's kind of getting bored of the world. He, I guess he doesn't really sort of bother living. This is just a presumption, an early prediction. I'm guessing he doesn't really have like a cover that he sort of falls into. A lot of the Eternals seem to have settled down and are living normal lives. My guess is he isn't doing that. So, he's off solo, mm. doing his own thing, like Piccolo in Dragon Ball Z. Yes, there you yeah. go. Or Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe less maybe less intense than Dr. Manhattan. But it's interesting because Richard Madden has said that he's trying to play the character like he's not bored of everything. Yeah, I did read that too, yeah. Um, but I think that that's his journey, right? His journey is going to be seeing the good in humans, yes. falling in love with humans, and possibly Cersei's going to show him that way, I think. Now, we've only got two and a half hours for these characters to have any sort of arc, so I think the arcs are going to be as minimal as possible. So Cersei, she's going to have conflict where, you know, her old boyfriend has a run-in with her new boyfriend, and mm-hmm. she's eventually going to do the the Annie from uh, Venom 2 decision and be like, I'm not going with my old boyfriend. I'm going to stick with my new boyfriend, Dr. Dan, because he's the real, like, he's my real love interest you at the end so? of the day. 
So I think she is not going to get back together with Icarus. She's going to stick around with Dane because that's the right thing to do. Oh, I th- I thought she was going to go with Icarus. Well, you were wrong in Venom 2, so <laughs> I'm, I'm less inclined to trust your judgment with this movie. I mean, you know, she's got the choice between two Game of Thrones leading men. It's, yes. it's a hard one. Two boys of the North. Okay. Two boys of Winterhold, you know. And who would you go with? Oh, Rob Stark. Wait, which one's that? <laughs> it's Icarus. All right, so we're going to have to compromise then. So you reckon they are going to get back together. I don't think they're going to get yes. back together. All right, what's the compromise going to be? We're going to think that they're going to get back together, but they don't. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> which is just in a loose way me saying I'm right either way. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to compromise and say that she won't get with Icarus. Good. Cool. I'm glad we're on the same page. Next up, playing the character of Kingo is Kamal Nanjiani, who, of course, we've talked about before. He played Pawnee in Men in Black International. Mm. Glad to see him physically on screen for a change. Mm. Now, apparently, Kingo is an Eternal who can project cosmic energy projectiles from his hands, and he's enamored with fame and becomes a popular Bollywood film star to blend in on Earth. And the character in the comics originally was Japanese, by the way. Oh, really? Yep. There you go. Anything you wanted to say on Kingo? Well, I, I'm getting a real... What's the Mortal Kombat character? The, the movie I don't know. You're, you're, oh, uh, Johnny Cage? Johnny Cage. I'm getting a Johnny Cage vibe, but apparently the actor is basing this somewhat on Bruce Willis in the Die Hard movies, which I really? think is going to be really cool. I thought he would have gone with like a you know like a Bollywood actor. Yeah, that's partially the inspiration as well. But I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this character. He looks like he's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I'm glad one of us is. <laughs> he's got like little, he does little handguns. Did you see that in the yes, trailer? Yes, I did. He's like, pew, pew. <laughs> he definitely looks like he's going to be the main comic relief in this movie. He is going to be the, or they're going to make him, they're going to try to make him the Tony Stark of this group. Yeah, probably. That's what I think. Yeah, that's that's a, a good guess. What do you reckon his arc is going to be? Because we know that he's obsessed with fame. He's a movie star. I, I guess it could be the old trope of him realizing there's more. Maybe his like ego needs to be taken down a yeah. few notches. That would be my guess too. Mm. Like he needs to become more humble. Yeah, mm. working as a team. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Great. We're, we're, we're nailing it so far. <laughs> I feel like. So next up, playing the character of Sprite is Lisa McHugh. Now, I actually thought when I originally watched that first teaser trailer that this character was a boy. And apparently I was on the right track because in the comics, Sprite is always a boy, but Leah Leah McHugh is a female child actor, so she hasn't really done that much work. I guess she's really hit the big time (laughs) by landing a Marvel movie. And the character of Sprite is an Eternal who can project lifelike illusions. Mm, Might come in handy. And Sprite has the physical appearance of a 12-year-old child, with McHugh calling her an old soul. Mm. So, you know, it's going to be that standard joke of like, oh, I look like a child, but I'm actually very world-weary and knowledgeable. Yeah, she's going to definitely be wise beyond her years or beyond her physical years. Yeah. But they've also described her as a trickster and quite sarcastic. Yes. So, the character was actually originally based on Puck and Peter Pan. Ah, that makes sense, because I can kind of visually see it as well. Yeah. So, in the comics, I've seen pictures of what Sprite looked like, and Sprite literally had, like, really wild, crazy, standing up on its end hair, and, like, a Peter Pan-style green outfit, and was sort of seen, like, leaping around through forests. So Saying like, bangerang. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, putting donkeys to sleep and <laughs> getting them to hook up with, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, like in a Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, yeah, I was thinking of Peter Pan still. Okay. I was like, when did that happen? But yeah, um, I don't think they're going to do too much with this character because I think they're going to establish Sprite as someone who is underestimated a lot mm-hmm. and is treated like a child, even though they've been around for centuries. And I think it's just more so going to be the case that the other characters are going to learn to respect Sprite more 
as you know, as an adult, I suppose, even though she has the appearance of a child. I don't think so. I think you know, other humans will will be like that. They'll right, yeah, they'll okay. underestimate. Yeah, I don't I'm think with the you Eternals there. will. Yeah, I don't think she'll have a character arc. I think they're going to save that. Yeah, that's right. Ones. I think she's going to be the the most grounded of the Eternals. Yes. So she's going to be the the voice of reason. Yes. Which is supposed to surprise us because it's coming from a child. Mm. Her and Cersei are going to be the the characters that'll say something that'll remind everyone what they're all fighting for. You know. And yeah. Remind everybody of the beauty in the world and the beauty in humanity and da 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 da. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I think Sprite really got like the short end of the stick here because <laughs> all of the other Eternals, when they were created, they got to be like full grown adults, and then the, the Celestials were like adults as well. Yeah. The Celestials are like, "Fuck you, Sprite. You're going to be a child forever. You never get to have sex." <laughs> Well, maybe in the well, Middle Ages. Maybe. Maybe in the Middle Ages. Who knows? <laughs> she had a prime in the Middle Ages. Yeah. Back when it was. Oh, no. Let's Ew. not, let's not go there. Let's, let's not abandon go there. it. All right. She's going to be a very innocent character in this movie. Yeah. Like I said, wise beyond her years. Mm. An old soul, as she described herself. But yeah, I don't think there's a lot of room for this character to have a, a, an arc. They're just going to be very yeah. grounded and will be, yeah, as I said, the voice of reason. Agreed. Let's move on entirely. Next up, playing the character of Fastos is Brian Tyree Henry, who, of course, we've talked about before. He was the podcaster <laughs> in Godzilla vs. Kong. So we already love him yes. playing a podcaster because we love our representation on movies. Yeah, I suppose so. Not as much as Marvel does. But anyway... Apparently, Fastos is an intelligent weapons and technology inventor. So mm. he's the. Uh, even though they can like create projectiles from their bare hands, they still need an inventor. Yeah, and um, maybe he makes their super suits. Yeah, some of them can make their own weapons, you know, out of thin air. That's but right. I guess he's there to assist to make their suits. Someone's got to give Angelina Jolie that massive breast outfit that she wears <laughs> in the trailers. I guess so. Now. Notably as well, he is the first superhero to be depicted as openly gay in an MCU film. Hooray! Hooray. Finally! Please, Marvel, please handle it well. Yeah. Don't just, you know, do what you typically do with your gay characters and just sort of mention that they're gay and then sweep it under the rug. Well, he does have, I, I don't know if it's his boyfriend or husband, but there is it's a, a boyfriend, yeah. He does have a boyfriend in the movie. I don't believe they're married, but they do have an adopted son in the movie. So that's that's I think that's really good. That's a step in the right direction. The way that I think they're going to handle it is they're going to meet up with him. Of course, they're going to go around and they're going to meet up with all mm-hmm. the Eternals and mm-hmm. gather them for the cause for this, you know, to fight the emergence or whatever's happening. And I think the way that they're going to handle it is they're going to rock up to his house. We're established that he has a husband. We're yes. established that he has a son. He loves them both very much. And then we're swept away from that. And so we can, you know, we can maybe cut it out for <laughs> less progressive not- countries and, and audience members. Yeah, it's not in every cut. They're just like, oh, he's just been there the entire time. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have a scene or two where, you know, he tucks his son into bed, mm-hmm. rubs his hand on his face like it's face off. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, he won't give you, they won't be as in your face about it by going as far as, you know, having it like a kissy or something like that. Yeah. But it'll just be there. It'll be accepted mm-hmm. as it should be, as it always should have been. Absolutely. In this movie. I'm not saying that every Marvel movie just has to have a, like a gay main character in it. I'm just saying when there is a gay main character, you treat it as though it's normal. Or at least you address it. That's right. In a way that is sensible. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping and I'm praying with all my heart that they please handle it well and don't make it just like you're pandering. Yeah. Well, it's about time, right? And yes. I have a lot of hope for how they're going to handle it. They're about honest. 25 movies too late. <laughs> I know. It's taking them so long. And they've they've talked such a big game. Yes. <laughs> so. And so if they fumble the ball on this one, I'm going to be incredibly disappointed. But so you've got a, you've got big shoes to fill Marvel, so please. 
Yeah, but on the on the note of his character, I'm getting a vibe that he's going to be really, really down to earth. He's going to have yes. a lot of the one-liners. He's going to be very funny. He's going to be very human. Yeah, that's right. He kind of seems like like an everyman. Yeah, and there's a scene in the trailer that we see where I think it's Icarus is looking around his house and he's like, I bet you've got this set up as like a secure fortress. And he karate chops his table in half because, you know, Fastos is the inventor. So he's mm. presuming like, oh, you've been keeping up with your inventing, right? But he hasn't. Over all yeah. these years. Yeah, he's really embraced human life, probably That's more right. than all the other Eternals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Icarus, the opposite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So moving on, playing the character of Makari is Lauren Ridloff, mm. who is apparently, they always feel the need to point this out, is a deaf actress. I think this is awesome. I'm really, really happy that they've got a deaf actress to play a deaf character. Were you that excited and- in A Quiet Place Part 2? Yeah, I-, I like the fact that they did it. They hired an appropriate actor in A Quiet Place Part 2, but that was like more plot heavy. It yeah. was like a huge part of the plot. This yeah, was right. just, you know. Diversity cast. I mean, this is a male character, right? Traditionally. Yeah, speaking. traditionally this was a white male in the comics, but they've changed it to obviously Lauren Ridloff. Yeah. Who was deaf. I don't even know if the comic book character was originally deaf. I don't think so. By the way, Lauren Ridloff is probably best known for being in The Walking Dead. I think she's in season 12. Has oh. the show really been going for that long? <laughs> oh, God. Jesus Christ. So, apparently, Makari is an Eternal who possesses the powers of super speed. And apparently, as we've just mentioned, this character is the first openly deaf superhero in the MCU. And I have a theory straight away that she's going to speak entirely in sign language. Yeah. Well, we see that in the trailer. Yeah. I think that's what's going to be the case in the movie. Yeah. So, people communicate to her with sign language and she communicates in sign language, which, of course, written word can always be funnier than spoken word on screen. So, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of gags where she'll, you know, she'll sign something and we'll have a subtitle, audience laughs. Yes. So, what do you, where do you think this character is going to go? I don't know if this character is going to do well a lot other than no. just being another action star doing cool stuff. Yeah, I, I think I agree wrong. with you there. Now- Again, this may sound unfortunate, but if anyone was going to be killed off in the movie, I have a feeling that Makari would be one of those people. No way. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. Yeah, I don't think they'd kill her off, but yeah, if if they were looking for people to kill off, <laughs> she might be like front of the list with her <laughs> hand up. Now, I'm not having a go. I'm just saying that she just sort of seems to blend into the background mm. at the end of the day when it, when we really see the lineup of these characters. Uh, it's, an, it's a useful power, though. She's got super yeah. speed. So your theory is that she's just going to be there and we're not going to have a lot of development with her? Well, we'll get to know her personally. She won't have a big arc, but, and she won't be given as much screen time. She'll be likable, of course. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, she won't have like a huge story arc throughout the film. No, She'll just be so. there to help. Yes. Yeah, okay. Almost in the same vein as Makari. Next up, playing the character of Druig, is Barry Cogan. Is it Druig or Druge? It's Druig. Druge. Happy Polly Lodges. <laughs> I looked up the translation of this name and I got Druge. It's Druig. Anyway, so right. we know Barry Cogan from Dunkirk. He was also recently in The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. And he's also coming up. We're going to be able to talk about him shortly again in The Batman. Yeah. Which, of course, we're going to be covering in a future episode. So, apparently Druig is an aloof eternal who can manipulate the minds of others. Apparently, he was uh, Mongolian in the original comic. He was... Hanging out with the Mongols in okay. China. I think he was working with Genghis Khan or something like that. But, of course, they've changed him to a white male. Yeah. No one seems to be upset by that. No. No, not really. Now, it's interesting that you say it's similar to uh, Makari. Why do you say that? Just because I think this is another character that's going to blend into the background. Ah. No? This All is right, our bad your guy. You're, okay, really? I've, I've seen- Are you just saying that because he looks weird? No, I've, I've read somewhere that he's going to be the bad guy. He's going to turn on the Eternals. Really? And that's my theory going into this movie. Okay. Well- Okay, you're, you're assembling a team, right? From what I read of the comics, it was always presumed that he was a bad guy, but he never actually was because mm-hmm. they thought that he was controlling the mind of Genghis Khan. 
mm-hmm. originally. So he was sort of established to be a bad guy. But then it turns out that that wasn't the case, I think. Any Eternal fans out there, please write in and let me know if I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I think he sounds like he might be dodgy, given the fact that he can control people's minds. But yeah, I'm not 100% sold that he's the bad guy. I mean, he looks dodgy as well. I mean, follow the Marvel formula, right? They assemble a team, you know, they fight this big, you know, threat, this big alien, and then there's somebody that's been there the entire time, Ra's al Ghuling us, and then will turn out to be a bad guy, and it's all about- When has that happened in the Marvel movie before? Uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> all right, so we've got one movie where that's happened. Has it happened in any other Marvel movies? None that I can think of the top of my head, but it's, pr- it's, a, it's a typical trope that people like to do these days, right? Yeah, I suppose so. Okay. I'll tell you what, for lack of having any other strong theories, I think I'm just going to go with it. Mm. But if you're wrong, if you're wrong, if he turns out to be like a great guy at the end of the day, you're going to be eating a shoe along with your hat. I'll eat two hats. (laughs) No, you're going to be eating a shoe along with that hat. That's fair. That's fair. But I just think like the the story that this is going to tell is, you know, humans, are they worth saving? Blah, 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 blah. And some of the Eternals are going to be like, you know, I don't feel connected to the humans other people are. And think about having a bad guy in your group that is just like, I don't well, see. Who's he manipulating? Crow? Oh, you mean the the general of the deviants? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's actually a good point. But why is he manipulating him? I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead. In fact, uh, I don't think he's manipulating him rather than working with him. Or maybe he turns to that side later on in the movie. Maybe he starts good and then goes to the bad side and then the Eternals have to fight him. Just throw on some ideas yeah. out there. Yeah, okay. Like I said, for lack of having anything else, I think I'm just going to have to go with you. Let's move on, because right. we've only got a couple of actors left. There's way too many characters in this oh, movie. so many. Next up, playing the character of Gilgamesh, we've already talked about him before, is Don Lee, who is a Korean actor. I think the only movie that I've seen him in is Train to Busan, if you know that movie. Nope. It's a movie about zombies that get on a train, and people are just trying to survive on the train. That while- sounds awesome. Yeah, it is an awesome movie. I'd recommend it. But apparently, Gilgamesh is the strongest Eternal, with a deep connection to Thena. Don't know how deep. But, uh, is it romantic? Is it like a mutual respect, a partnership? We don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be romantic, personally speaking. I think it's just going to be, yeah, like a like a, a respect thing, as you say. They're war buddies. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, he's super strong. And am I right? He's the first Korean superhero? That's right. They felt the need to point that out. But yeah, I don't see why that- oh, Okay. If you, if you felt misrepresented by not having a Korean superhero in the Marvel Universe- or any superhero universe for that matter. I suppose this is here to speak to you, but... Well, that's why this actor was really passionate about signing on. Yeah, that's right. Was to be this. I did read that as well. And by the way, the character of Gilgamesh was originally white. Just want to point out. Oh, there you go. Yep. And he wore like a suit. He wears like a big armoured suit. He looks like Thanos, but wearing armour, basically. Like more armour. Oh, when you said suit, I thought you meant like he dressed up in a cocktail. No, he wears like an armoured fighting suit in Ah, the comics. So, what do you reckon his deal is going to be in this movie? Muscle. He's going to be the muscle. He's going to have the He's going to be super wise. Yeah. He's going to be like a guiding presence for the rest of the Eternals. Sure. sure. I, I could see that. I think he's going to he's going to do a lot with Thena. He's going to be like her buddy, I think, but yeah. not do anything much above that. Yeah. So, they're going to be like- Bash some heads The in. two of them, Thena and Gilgamesh, they're going to be like a, an ass-kicking duo, but I don't think they're really going to take center stage in this movie. No. I think that's sort of going to be left to the other characters we've already mentioned. Mm. I sort of feel like we've got like four or five main heroes that we're going to follow for most of it. And the rest are just going to be there for support. They're going to turn up at the end of the day to kick ass. Gilgamesh is definitely going to be one of those characters. Yeah, yeah. I think they're there to kind of emulate the family unit, right? The the big part of this movie will be like, everyone's different, but everyone gets along and they have like 
dinners and yes. make jokes and stuff. And I saw Black Widow. <laughs> I know how important family is to the MCU movies now. Yeah, yeah. So I think some of these characters will be there just to make that, you know, a yes. thing. So he's the father figure of the family. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So next up, playing the character of Ajak is Salma Hayek, who we probably know best from Desperado, from Dust Till Dawn, Wild Wild West, and my teenage fantasies. <laughs> I had a massive crush on Salma Hayek from probably when I was like maybe 12 to, to today, I suppose. I haven't seen her in much lately, but I'm happy to see her again on the big screen. She's very beautiful, still. You didn't have like a teenage crush? Of course. On- okay. Everyone Remember did. that scene in Wild Wild West? Yeah, where- the only good part of Wild <laughs> yeah, Wild West. Okay. I like that you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly about. what you're talking about. Most poorest part of that movie. Yeah. So, more respectfully, Ajak is the wise and spiritual leader of the Eternals who has the ability to heal and is the bridge between the Eternals and the Celestials. So, mm-hmm. she's the boss. Yeah. Now, apparently the character in the comic was originally a male and the reason that they changed it from a male to a female in this movie was to allow them to have more of a mother figure in the Eternals. I know we just discussed that Angelina Jolie was the mother figure, but apparently not. Apparently it's going to be Ajak. Yeah, I think that's a good choice too. Yeah, I suppose so. I also read as well that <laughs> that Selma Hayek was initially sort of like... Yeah! She was hesitant to sign up for a Marvel movie because they're like, you're just going to make me the grandmother character, aren't you? And like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're going to be the mother character. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're just going to have a motherly force in the movie. Yeah, an elderly motherly <laughs> force in the movie. She's like, how much? How many million dollars? I'll do it. Yeah, so her her uh, role in the movie- I did Wild Wild West. I don't have that much <laughs> self-respect. Hey, Will Smith turned down Matrix to do Wild Wild West. Oh. So, you know, not the worst decision about that movie. But she's going to be, um, it looks like in the trailer, she's going to be the person that's going to be recruiting them, joining them together. Yeah. So she's the she Tony seems, Stark. Yeah. She seems to be the one who knows what's going on and is sort of getting them to go out and assemble again. Mm, mm. Or the Nick Fury, I guess. Yes. Yeah, that, I think that's more accurate. Uh, I don't think she's going to have too much of an arc either. I think she's just going to be sort of the same way that Nick Fury's in the Avengers movies. He's just there to bring them together Mm -hmm. and tell them what's what. So, yeah, that's that. So, next up, we've mentioned her a few times already. Playing the character of Thena is Angelina Jolie. Has she made, like, a decent movie? I know she was in, like, Girl Interrupted, but, like, she's best known for, like, Tomb Raider, (laughs) Hackers. Typically bad movies. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, would you call that a bad movie? Not really, but it's it's not, you know, Oscar bait. I can tell you what is a bad movie. Wanted. Wanted. Salt. I never watched Salt. Yeah. So, she's she's a decent actress, but she just seems to do a lot of bad movies. That's the thing. No offense to Angelina, but yeah, what are you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, that's the thing. A lot of bad movies, but always is good. Yeah. She's always good. I guess that's why she keeps getting cast. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, welcome to the Marvel world, uh, Angelina. So, the character of Thena is an elite warrior, Eternal, who can form any weapon out of cosmic energy. We see her form like a spear or something to impale an orange in the trailer, I believe. And she develops a close bond with, as we've already discussed, Gilgamesh over the centuries. Mm. Any thoughts on this character arc? Have we explained it enough when we talked about Gilgamesh? Yeah, I think we've explained enough. She's just going to be a badass. I think that's yeah, that's what she's going to be. I don't think she hides her powers and her personality no. at all. So she's sort of going to be, as we, as we sort of theorized that good old Icarus would be, I think she's going to be very open about being superpowered uh, and eternal. She's going to be a real straight shooter as well, I think. Like, mm. just very blunt and very honest and doesn't hide anything. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Even though I think I read somewhere that she did, like, she was, like, part of the fashion world in the comics. I might be wrong, but I don't think that's going to be in this movie. Yeah, fair enough. I read that Angelina Jolie practiced ballet to do this movie. Hey, I saw so, that too. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to tie in. Well, it's it's physical, right? She's Maybe it's a fighting thing. Yeah, maybe. 
And uh, last, the last actor I wanted to talk about, and certainly not least, playing the character of Dwayne Whitman, who we've already discussed, it feels like hours ago now, is <laughs> Cersei's boyfriend, is Kit Harrington, who, of course, we know as Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. I know that character. Mm-hmm. I know that actor. You know there him. you go. And now he is a regular human who works at the Natural History Museum with Cersei and their lovers. They get plenty of kisses. Now, do you think he's going to know that she's an Eternal? Or he's going to find that he's out? He's going to find out that in this movie. It's like, why are all these pictures of you and you don't age? <laughs> I've never seen a picture of you as a kid. You don't have any family. She's got all the graduation caps like in uh, Twilight, just on her wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's going to find out in this movie that she's an Eternal. So, yeah. he's. we need like a, a grounded human character to act as an audience surrogate as they explain what's going on in the plot and who these characters are too. Yeah, just like Wonder Woman. Seems to be a lot of parallels there. Yes. You know, the Wonder Woman main character or male character there. He's going to be left in the dust as well. When the Eternals start assembling, he's going to be like, all right, well, see you later, honey. Good luck out there. And he's going to feel... My whole theory is that he's going to feel sort of intimidated by Icarus. Oh, yeah. like, well, how can I live up to this guy? Yeah. But as we've already discussed, I think ultimately Cersei is going to remain faithful to Dane at the end of the day because that's the right thing to do. I like that. You've won me over with that. I think that's the direction yes. I'm going. I predict that he will wield a sword and do some ass kickery as well. Why? Just because he was in Game of Thrones? Just be- well, well, that's a good point. But also because this character does become a superhero later on, so they're gonna oh okay, they're gonna give that Easter egg to the fans. Like, oh, he could be the you know the Black Knight later on. So I think he's going to be doing some stuff. Fair enough. I agree with you. Now that we've talked about all the actors we really want to discuss. I think it's important to point out that the Deviant General Crow, as we've already mentioned, will appear in the film, as will the Celestials, Nazar, the Calculator, and Arishem, the Judge, or Arishem, not quite sure how to say it. So, I think we see Arishem, the Judge, or Arishem, let's just go with Arishem, that sounds better. Yep. I think we see him in the trailer, he's sort of like the big godlike being who's sort of red and has lots of, like, holes on his face. That's his eyes, right? He's got, like, six eyes or whatever. (laughs) So, Arishem is the judge. He decides if a planet lives or dies. Mm -hmm. That's his thing, right? So, that might be in the story. Yeah, I can guarantee it. Nazar is a mathematician that can project illusions. I love that he's called the calculator. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if they ever need to, like, work out, like, a... (laughs) When the family goes out to a restaurant to have a big meal and they need to work out how much they need to tip the... (laughs) The waiter at the end of the meal, the calculator rocks up and he goes, all right, guys, I've already, I've sorted this out. I got your back. They take their taxes to Nazar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does all of their <laughs> internal taxes. And they have to do a lot of taxes. Oh. Because they've been around for yes. centuries. <laughs> no, I wish there was a celestial that did my taxes. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, but on Crow, though, leading bad guy of this movie. Well, you reckon that Druig is going to be the bad guy. Yeah, Druig's going to be the bad guy later on, but we're going to think that we're okay. fighting this guy early on. Now, in the comics, he... Looks a lot different. He's able yeah, to manipulate right. his face and he kind of he makes the humans think he's the devil at a certain point and he's yeah. this great military leader. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, who manipulates people and da 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 da. So was- the deviants seem to represent like war and pestilence. Mm. So if this was, for example, the Dragon Ball Z universe, okay. there are gods of creation and gods of destruction. So I suppose the Eternals sort of represent the gods of creation while the Deviants sort of represent the gods of destruction. And it's always been this natural balance between the two. Yeah. I kind of saw it like elves and orcs, but I can see your point. Fair enough. Both analogies work, yeah. I suppose. But yeah, so the Deviants in this movie seem to be sort of like viney, sort of tendony, sinewy yeah. creations. They're kind of like dinosaur Yeah. In a way. 
Yeah. They're on all fours. They're CGI monstrosities. Yes. Let's just say that. Yeah. In the comics, each deviant is unique, has different powers, different yeah. abilities. They're sort of like equal and opposites to the Eternals. They are going to just be standard monsters. Yes. Just like they do with Shang-Chi, the movie's going to devolve into CGI monster versus yep. CGI monster at the end. Yep. Just like the end of a DC movie. And Crow is going to be your standard, you know, nondescript yes. CGI monstrosity bad guy leader. Yeah. Who you reckon is going to be a fake out bad guy. Yes. So you reckon that Druig is going to be pulling the the reins the whole time. Yeah, I think they're going to be either two things are going to happen. Either Druig's been working with uh, Crow the entire time, or Druig decides to team up with Crow and the Deviates for whatever purpose to okay. kill all humans. I'm sure we'll get into it. We've uh, well, we haven't got much time to get into it, so we're really going to have to be brief. But yeah, we're really hinging on this whole Druig being a villain aspect of our plot. So I really, really. Really hope that you're right, because I don't have anything better. <laughs> okay. So, let's get into it as briefly as we can. How do you think this movie is going to open? Uh, Manny D. Flashback. Yes. Yes, flashback. <laughs> You've been wanting to say a flashback for so long. So, yeah, I personally think that we were going to be introduced to the Eternals, the Celestials, the Deviants through flashback. And for that matter, a lot of flashbacks, because yes. if Shang-Chi has taught me anything... I think 90% of this movie will be flashbacks. Yeah. We're going to see the Eternals arriving. We're going to yep. see the Eternals through history. We're going to see a massive, because we've got to start with some sort of action early yeah, on as right. well, a fight between the Deviants and the Eternals. Now, my question is, mm. narration or no narration? There'll be a narration. Yep. I agree with you. Who's doing the narration? Because I think it might Ajax. be Ajax. Ah, oh, there we go. On the same page. <laughs> Not Ajax from the Warriors, but Ajax. Or Cersei. No, yeah. I think you're right with Ajax. Let's stick with Ajax because she's got that sexy Mexican voice. <laughs> yes, okay. That will just lilt out of the speakers okay. and lull us into yeah. Now we see really tra- drawing us into this world. Yeah. Now we see in the trailer that um, we see the Eternals arriving. So we yeah, they arrive in like a huge triangle block that just sort of appears out of the sky, and they sort of meet these tribal people who are presumably the human civilization who are struggling. They're not doing well. They've got no water. They've got no crops. They're probably going to die out. Yeah, and I'm surprised people are okay with this because it kind of seems like colonization to me. Yeah, it does. But no, they're not colonizing. They're helping. They're giving giving a guiding hand. Of course. They only brought resources to the struggling (laughs) tribes, people. You know, Poxfield blankets, that sort of stuff. No. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to see through the guiding hand of the Eternals, you know, through their powers, they put their hand on the ground, they generate water, Mm -hmm. they're able to allow the crops to spring up. They're like, look, if you put this stick together with this rock, you can make this machine that makes uh, life a lot easier for you. Oh, wow, thanks, Eternals. And they're treated like gods by the humans. Yes. Traditionally, the Eternals in the comics were sort of like an explanation for the Greek gods. So, they were always worshipped by humans and thought to be gods, when in actuality, they're superheroes the whole time. Yeah. Will there be something that happens where the Eternals now have to go into hiding and don't become such a big presence? Yeah, that, that happens eventually. I'm getting to that point, but we have to have our action scene here as well. Yes. So, while the Eternals are there, I think the Deviants will attack the tribes people. Mm-hmm. I think we sort of see this in the trailer. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Yes. Absolutely. So, our sort of dinosaur, dragon-esque Deviants will rock up. They'll attack the village people. <laughs> the cowboy and the policeman. Yeah, they're running for their lives. And then the Eternals swoop in. They kick the Deviants' asses. The village people are like, thank you so much. You can come and stay at our YMCA. We'll celebrate. Mm-hmm. We see civilization develop over the years. We see like the construction of Babylon or whatever. And Deviants still around or not? The Deviants are there as an influence, basically. Yeah. More or less. So, if the Deviants rock up to attack, like if a huge winged Deviant Dragon comes out of the sky, then the, the Eternals, Eternals will rock up and kill it. But they fight in Atlantis, which I hope they show in the movie. 
Atlantis, you say? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's more sort of like Babylon or a um, ancient civilization. Yeah. I think Atlantis is too heavily tied to DC these days, so it's more likely to be like an ancient Egyptian kingdom, which no longer exists. Sure. Of course, we're going to see that the Eternals defend the humans from the Deviants. Yes. But they don't defend them from their own man-made woes, basically. Yeah. So. We'll see that they've created, through the Eternals' guidance, they've created these huge civilizations. Then neighboring tribes, neighboring nations will bring war to these civilizations, and the Eternals are forced to just stand back and watch the people that they love be slaughtered and the civilizations that they help build be torn down. And at first, they're horrified by this, of course. They're like, they look on in horror as the civilization burns, but this happens again. This happens again. Mm-hmm. This happens again. They realize it's a cycle. They sort of become, you know, disconnected in a way, and they're like, you know what? We don't really need to be here to to guide this process over and over again. Let's just go live our own lives. Let's retreat. Let's retire as Eternals. And they sort of basically go dormant for, for centuries, presumably. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's a rule that was established early on that they can't interfere with human lives or yes. whether they interfere with human lives once it turns out bad. No, the they Celestials, when they were created by the Celestials, the Celestials specifically decreed that okay. they cannot interfere with, with human sort of sure. affairs. Sure. They can fight the Deviants, but they can't, you know, they can't fight battles for the humans. And uh, I, I agree. That, that sounds good. That makes it a lot more cleaner. Makes more sense. Yes. I also want to throw a little caveat that I think the Eternals will defeat or wipe out the Deviants. Presumably, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. Present day, yeah, of course, of course. So the emergence, of course, is going to be the re-emergence of the deviants who haven't been around for centuries. So Crow is going to be brought back to life. Yeah. Okay, I actually have a strong theory about this. Okay. So if we're getting into this now, we fast forward to modern day after our really long flashback. It's going to be like <laughs> twenty to thirty minutes of the we've movie. We've got a lot of years to catch up on. We fast forward. We're introduced to our characters in modern day, specifically Icarus and Cersei. That's who we're sort of introduced to. That's We see the movie play out through their eyes. But in modern day, we've just recovered from the snap. So, Tony Stark has re-snapped everybody back into existence at the end of Avengers Endgame. This, from what I understand, creates a huge force of cosmic energy, which uh, creates the emergence, which, of course, is going to be the recreation of the deviants in the world. From what I understand, the world is going to be destroyed in seven days. So, my theory is that the emergence has been created by the Celestials. So, the Celestials have decreed, hang on, all this unnatural shit is going on on Earth. The balance has been thrown off. 100% agree. By Tony Stark. 100% agree. The judge, whatever his name was. Nazar is going to decree this because the snap was- Nazar the calculator? Yeah, not Nazar. Arisham. Arisham. (laughs) He's going to decree this and it's going to be because the snap was supposed to happen. Yeah, that's right. And so, in using the Infinity Stones, they've thrown the natural balance out of whack. They've undone what needed to be done. And Arisham has decreed, as the judge, yep, this planet's done. This planet's done, Ski. We need to restore the natural balance. So, we're bringing in the Deviants to destroy the planet in seven days. Of course, Ajak is connected with the Celestials. So, she knows that this is going to happen. She's like, well, we can't let this happen. You know, we love our lives on Earth too much now. So, we've got to fight back against what the Celestials have decreed. Of course, their, their whole overall arc is they're going to go up against the Celestials, break their bond with them so that they can become part of the Avengers in future movies. Mm-hmm. That's so, right. they're defying, they're sort of like rejoining in secret. So, the Eternals are rejoining in secret to, you know, avoid the wrath of the Celestials, but to fight back against this whole emergence of the Deviants to save the world. And some Eternals will be pro this, some will be anti it, some will yeah. be convincing. Eventually, everyone will agree and yeah, that's right. fight the... So, maybe Druig, 
his whole deal, the reason that he's a bad guy is like, well, guys, this needs to happen. Yes, I think that's what's exactly what's going to happen. We can't defy the Celestials. So, yeah. I think he agrees in secret to go along with them, but he's just sort of basically setting them up as dominoes to fall and have the world be destroyed by, you know, getting in close with them, manipulating them with his mind control tricks if he needs to. And ultimately, he's going to be the one who dobs them into the source. <laughs> like, he's gonna- uh, I'm telling, I'm telling. Guess what? They're, they're, they're plotting against you. Yeah, he's gonna, and he's going to be a very sympathetic villain. If yeah, anything. that's right. We're going to be like, oh, he just doesn't get it, and he, you know, thinks he's doing the right thing, yep. which he is in a way. Yeah. Do you reckon he'll be killed off by the end of the movie? Yeah. So him and Gilgamesh, you reckon, are going to be killed off? Gilgamesh is definitely possibly, but I, I think uh, Ajax will be killed off. Ajax. Yeah. As in Selma Hayek's character. Yeah. All right. Those are the three I think will die if anyone will die. So Druig, Ajax, and. Gilgamesh, you reckon, are going to be killed off? One of those three will, yes. One of those three. All right. Can we just say Druig? All right. Just for sake of ease. You want to, you want to save, uh, you want yeah, to save I want to Ajax? Save, yeah. I want to get in her good books. So <laughs> I want Ajax to stay around. All right. We can we can spare her. Uh, Gilgamesh will die in battle, if anything, but he, I could see him sticking yep. around. So, so yep. back, to, back to our plot. So Ajax has learnt about this decree to destroy Earth. She tells Icarus. Look, Icarus gotta, will be the first. Yeah, she tells Icarus because he's the you know he's pretty powerful, isn't he? And he's living in isolation. He's in yeah. a house in the middle of nowhere. He doesn't want it. Maybe he had a bad experience with humans, and he just he's like done with that. Yeah. So she tells him, "Look, you got to get the band back together. <laughs> you got to travel around, get the band back together, so we can fight against the deviants when they arrive in seven days. When they emerge in seven days." So, of course, the first person he goes to, the person he always had the biggest connection to, of course, Cersei. And the conflict arises where she has a new boyfriend. Dane thinks that, you know, Icarus has come to steal her back. But she says, don't worry, I love you now. I'm always going to love you. And by the end of the movie, she's going to honor that promise, Mm -hmm. as we've already discussed. They travel around. They find, I keep wanting to call the character Puck. They find Sprite. Sprite is, as we've already discussed, the happy-go-lucky world-wizened child. And, of course, as well, they go and see... We have comic relief there. We go and meet Kingo, who is on the set. He's on the red carpet. He's on the set of his latest Bollywood feature. And he's going to be so full of himself at this stage. And so he's going to be like, oh, I haven't seen you guys in ages. Do you want an autograph? Comic relief there. They go around for further comic relief at uh, Fastos's house. Is that yep. his name? Yeah, Fastos. They're going to visit. He's going to be like in the. He's going to be like a tied down family man. Yeah, he's apprehensive to go because he's like, well, I've got a, I've got a kid now. I don't want to risk losing that. But they're like, well, that's why you got to fight Tony Stark. <laughs> not, not Tony Stark. Not Tony Stark. <laughs> you got to invent things to save the world. Not Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> we know that you have a daughter now. Sorry, a son now, Tony Stark. Sorry, Fastos. So that's why you've got to fight in order to save humanity. To, so you can keep yeah. living your, your happy family life. I and he's like, of, damn it, you're right. I think part I'm going to build a time machine overnight. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. I think part of him is going to be like uh, shaking the dust off or the rust off. Yeah, that's right. He's going to make them nice new outfits. It's going to be fantastic. He's going to be like Edna Mode from The Incredibles. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit problematic when you break it down like that. Mm, who knows? So then we meet up with other characters like Thena, Gilgamesh, other more powerful Eternals, and they, of course, all agree to, you know, fight the good cause. And then what happens, Manny D? How long is this taking? Do you reckon the first hour of the movie is just going to be the team-up? Yeah, I think that's going to be... Meeting the characters as they are in present day, mm-hmm. seeing their conflicts, seeing their characters develop. Yeah, and there's going to be a few action sequences, like, sprinkled through here. Maybe when they meet Thena, they get attacked by Deviants, they have to fight them off. Mm. I don't think the Deviants are really going to appear until the end. Well, then who are they going to fight then? 
Well, they don't have to fight anybody. As Black Widow has told us, they can just have sitting around and talking for hours on end and uh, not have any action scenes. Okay. I feel like this No, I, I think you're scenes. right. I think they, they will have some minor action scenes, but it will be, it'll be more grounded, Earth-based stuff. Yeah, it's going to be Crow sending the Deviants or something. Like I said, I don't think that's going to happen until the end, okay. D. Well, who, who's going to fight them? It's like I said, it's more grounded Earth based ah. stuff. So they, they might, you know, they might tussle with each other. Yeah. Avengers style. Maybe. They they might, you know, they might fight a, a world based enemy. So there's a scene in the movie where like they destroy a bus. Like a bus gets flipped and lands on somebody and they turn it into red dust. Mm. So something along those lines. Maybe there's natural causes. Like All right, like I, I tell you what, or something. I tell you, what, I'm going back on my original statement. So yeah, maybe the deviants are around at the start of this week, and they are creating enemies, and maybe the celestials are destroying the planet at the end of the seven days, and yeah. the deviants are just ushering in that process. Yeah. So or, or the deviants, like they're they're not coming through just yet. So like a few of them are the, the weaker ones are coming yeah. through portals or whatever. Of course, it's going to be portals, Maddie D. Come on, and they and you know they they attack them. But at the end, there's like a whole army of deviants. It's like, oh no. Yeah, that's right. But of course, because of all the Eternals, they've, they've all gotten together. Mm. They're able to, you know, they work together. They're able to defeat this huge army of deviants. No worries. Because we no see problems. We see Crow and Thena talking with each other and Crow kind of seems like not all together. Like he's got like tendrils coming yeah, out. Yeah, that's just his design. Oh, is that's it? That's just the character design. All of the deviants look like that. Yeah. I thought that maybe he wasn't, you know, like Voldemort style. He wasn't. No, no, that's just how he looks. Powered, yep. So yeah, they're like I said, they're just supposed to look unnatural. So that's just why they're sort of made up of tendony ropes, vines. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Crow can manipulate people, so maybe he's manipulating some of the humans. Yeah. Essentially, what this all boils down to is the plot is going to be: we establish the Eternals. The Eternals go dormant; they fall into their regular lives. Yes. The events of Avengers Endgame happens. <laughs> Uh, yes. The reversal of the snap causes the Celestials to decree that the world needs to be destroyed to recreate that balance. The Eternals aren't happy about this decree. They learn about it and decide that they need to get back together to prevent this from happening. Yep. They explain why they didn't interfere with Thanos seven billion times. Yes. <laughs> just to make the audience just, settle down. Just to calm that fan base down. You know, we have a big team up portion of the movie. We have a few scuffles. We fight Crow in a final battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Crow is defeated. It's revealed that Druig is the bad guy. He's trying to live up to the Celestials' wishes. Yes. They have to fight one of their own. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, they're one big family unit now, they know how to, you know, get each other's backs. You know, one arm washes the other, that sort of thing. One hand washes the other, even, to use the correct metaphor. Uh, they are able to overcome all that. Everyone's happy dappy. Druig, Save the world. Druig is thrown in jail, as Matty D <laughs> likes to say. I don't think he's going to be thrown in jail. Actually, maybe he'll disappear. Yeah, maybe he will like vanish off world to return in a cameo in another future Marvel movie. Maybe they show empathy and don't kill yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. Show the That's humanity. always the way. That's always the way. You're reading straight from the Marvel playbook here, Matty D. <laughs> yep. So they save the world. Everyone's great. They embrace all the human friends they have. So maybe rather than, you know, they're not going to be able to fight the Celestials. No. Maybe through their actions, the Celestials learn, look, maybe we had you guys on too much of a tight leash. Maybe we should exactly. Maybe we should let you fight for the humanity that you believe in. Or the events of the movie plays out. The Celestials are like, you disagreed with, you know, our ruling. Therefore, you don't have a bond with us anymore. Yeah. And it's on you now. We're not going to kill you because the events played out as they should have played out. But now you are 
You're in charge. You're your own. You're responsible. Your own people. Yeah. You're adults. Which lets them become Avengers, mm-hmm. lets them team up with our favorite superheroes who we actually care about in future movies. And we have to tie this movie into the multiverse plot because Matty D's got his hand up. He's already got a theory because we know that the multiverse situation is going to be a big deal in the upcoming, in this phase, in phase five or whatever. In we know that the multiverse is going to be a big deal because they've already dedicated two movies to it in the future. We've got Spider-Man coming up dealing with the multiverse. We've also got Doctor Strange with the multiverse of madness. So we need a character to come through. Yeah. From another so plane of existence. No spoilers. No spoilers here for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, but even the end of Venom was affected by the multiverse yeah. plot line. So we know that that's probably most likely going to happen. Now, initially, I thought that the whole Dark Avengers were going to be the main story thread for this phase. So we we're always going to have Julia Louis Dreyfus's character going around recruiting people into the Dark Avengers. Maybe she wants <laughs> Druid. Maybe. Maybe Druid is the newest member of the Dark Avengers. Could be. That's a theory. But I think more so because they're trying to get people hyped for these upcoming multiverse movies. There's got to be some sort of like glow and then everything changes. So from what we understand from the upcoming Spider-Man trailers, from what we understand from the end of Venom, There'll be like a, a yellow glow, like a golden glow, and they'll be either transported to another world or things will change dramatically. Mm. Matty D hasn't seen any of these movies that nope. I'm talking about. So, so. I'm lost, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, there needs to be something that links it with the multiverse. Yeah. Well, um, that's just my theory. It doesn't have I to be the case. I think you're right. There might be like a character from another movie that ap- appears or I, I, th- I feel like it needs to get them to space as well because that's the yeah, direction that's right. this is going. That's something we never discussed, actually. When this movie was originally announced, I always thought that this movie was just going to be the Space Avengers. So, I thought it was going to be our Avengers that we already know teaming up to fight beings in space, Guardians of the Galaxy style. Well, that's where they're going. That's that's what I thought this movie was going to be, to ah. be honest. But it turns out, you know, I was a bit disappointed because that's obviously not the case. Yeah, I think the climax of this phase is going to be set in space. And yes. what I wanted to say earlier was I think the big villain's going to be Galactus and we're going to have an Easter really? egg for that character in this movie at the end. They're going to bring back that yellow fart gas from uh, <laughs> Green Lantern? No, wait, that was a completely different yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. The World Eater, the Planet Eater. Oh, no, it was uh, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, <laughs> where they had like... Galactus as like a big cloud in space, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. It was in that period where superhero movies are like, our villains always just need to be a cloud in space. <laughs> a big portal or something. But yes, I think that character will appear in this movie at the end credits in some capacity. Really? Whether that- You're going that far with it. Yeah. But Matty D, we're dealing with the Dark Avengers and the multiverse currently. We, we don't have time to start doing like space wars at this mm, point. That's going to okay. come later in the phase. <laughs> if it exists. If it at exists. At that point. So, wh- wh- how do you think the multiverse will play in then? I have no idea. <laughs> so, we've got a yellow glow. Maybe Eddie Brock will rock up and be like, it was going on. <laughs> I highly doubt that though. I'm trying to think. Is Brad Pitt in any of these movies? We could bring him in to like talk with yeah. Angelina Jolie and we all get a chuckle out of that. They fight each other while making out like it's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That would be great. Almost like, what if Tony Stark appears as Robert Downey? No, he's not coming back. No, you're right. But somebody from, somebody, a past Avenger, Mm. possibly, I mean, it's a multiverse, right? It could be as simple as like Wong steps out of a portal and is just like, I need your help, guys. Yeah. I've got Shang-Chi with me here. We need you to help us sort out. Well, if they thought that the world was thrown out of balance by the reversal of the snap, the world is definitely going to be thrown out of balance by this whole multiverse changing everything. Captain Marvel appears. Sure, why not? 
lack of anything else, Captain Marvel appears. She's like, boy, if you thought you dealt with some shit in this movie, come with me. I've, I've got bigger britches to fill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, she goes she goes off off screen, like, for hours in, in the movie. So, like, yeah, you know, maybe she was talking to the Eternals. Who are on Earth, and she's not. Okay, whatever. So, okay, yeah, sure. Captain Marvel has a cameo. We haven't seen her for a while. Let's bring her back. She's like, you got to help us with the multiverse or shit that we've caused. Another version of the one of the Eternals comes and says hi. Yeah, yeah. All the the white, it all the white male Eternals <laughs> from the comics turn up and like, what happened? <laughs> the ma- the white men Eternals come back. Oh, wouldn't that be a twist? If that at would the be end, funny. like the the yellow glow appears and they all turn into their original no! incarnations. <laughs> We yeah. can't tell them apart because they all look exactly the same. Very popular. Very, it would the, the people would love the movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Unless one of the Eternals dies and then comes back in like you know their multiverse form. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I think we're just sort of wasting mental energy I, theorizing about this stuff. Anything I, could happen. I think we got the crux of the movie though. If anything, Matty D. If anything, the movie's going to wrap up. It's going to seem like everything's normal. They won the day. Mm-hmm. Everything's all G. And we're not going to learn about any of this sort of future movie stuff until the end credit stinger. Yes. So, if anything, our movie's going to wrap up. Everyone's going to return home to their families, their happy lives, their romances, whatever. And that's when end credits roll. And then during the mid credit scene or end credit stinger, that's when we're set up for future movies. Yes. So, we could have both. We could go both ways. We could have Druig being... <laughs> he's, he's not a part of the... Uh, the Dark Avengers, and he'd be too powerful in their group yeah. anyway. You know, we could have him being recruited by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and at the same time, we could have some sort of multiverse stuff going on as well. Let's just go out there. Let's just say both happens. Both happens. Yeah. Maybe one of the TV shows make an appearance. Well, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character is from the yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV oh, okay. show. That's where she was established, and she's that now works. crossed over into the movies as a Black Widow. And she's like, Jerry... <laughs> Is that your alert? That's she my goes, alert, Stella. <laughs> yeah, I think sounds got, good. I think we. I think sounds good. It's as gotten, close as we can come. I we think. have a stone, and we've squeezed a single drop of water out of it because we're never ever going to be able to 100 percent accurately call any one of these Marvel movies, knowing our track record. Feels like we're doing Avengers Endgame again, doesn't it? It does. Feels very similar to that. It Too does. many characters, an all over the place movie. Yeah, will it come together in the end? We'll Not a lot out. of info. We don't have to wait very long for this movie to come out. I think it's only three weeks until we can go see this on the big screen. And so. we'll actually get to see it in the big screen. Yeah. Which I'm dragging you to that movie oh, to watch. Great. Oh, great. I'll be there. I'll be there with you. We'll sneak some bourbon in. It'll be fine. Oh, great. That's a good thing. <laughs> good thing. So, if you have any theories on what you think is going to happen in Eternals, please let us know because we're scrambling. We're, scr- we're clutching at straws here. Uh, you can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just drop us a DM there or post something on our wall, whatever you do on those places. Or you can leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. That's right. Or just give us your thoughts on The Eternals. Is this a movie that you're excited about? Are you a fan of The Eternals? Yeah. What have we got wrong? <laughs> yeah, tell us what we got wrong. We didn't even incorporate any of The Eternals' powers and or how they would work together in this movie at all. Oh, it'll be and I'll tell you why. Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not matter. There's too many characters. It'll be blasting stuff from their hands for most yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah? We don't need to go into those details. <laughs> All right, Matty D, before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. Let's. As is standard, we're going back to another installment of Actual Spoilers, where we go and watch a movie that we predicted in the past and see how close we got to the actual plot. And I am very excited for this one, Matty D, because I've actually seen this movie already and I know how well we did. (laughs) And I can't wait for you to see how close you were to the actual plot. Because next week, 
we are talking about A Quiet Place Part 2. Hey! We're watching that movie. It only recently came out. It only came out a couple of months ago. So we're going to be watching A Quiet Place Part 2 and seeing how close we got, seeing which one of us out of the two of us got closer to the actual plot. And I know who it is. <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> I remember what I said for that movie, so... There was islands, there was underground vaults, there were teams of survivors, there was so much going on in Maddie There was Beast a town! Plot. Is any of that going to translate over to the big screen? We are going to find out next week. I cannot wait. I'm so excited to talk about that. So please join us for that. And until then... Until then, we're going to watch those movies in our bunkers and we'll see you next week. I bet you've built the perfect safe house. Well, what's this even made of? Vibranium? Fall collection. Ikea. <laughs> <laughs>